0: Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 33, 2022, The Worst. We're going to finish this series, finish this year by looking back over this current year coming to an end. And I'm going to pick out what I think is the worst this week and then next week the best thing about the life of the church this year. When I was 25, I first went to America and was overwhelmed by the experience of a fairly Christian world power of the first order. You can probably guess the things that wowed me and amazed me. Nowhere else moved me anything like that much until I doubled my age to 50 and got in another aeroplane from my little island country and flew to another major world civilization, that made me think, wow, this place is important. This time, the plane flew not west but east and I had one week in the Russian capital of Moscow. I absolutely loved it. Can you guess what wowed me? Yes, the ten-lane roads and crowds in the palatial underground stations. Yes, the Stalin-commissioned buildings. Yes, the Bolshoi ballet. Yes, a fascination with the life of Joseph Stalin and his industrial thuggery. History in primary colours. I've long loved the art of Marc Chagall with his dreamy figures floating through the air and the geometric shapes of Malevich. It was certainly an artistic feast, such a privilege to stand in the Tritiakov Gallery in front of the 15th century Andrei Rublev icon trinity, which is not a work of art to gawp at or take selfies in front of. This was one of those times when my head says, OK, I'm in a gallery, but my heart says, this is a sacred space, this is a place of worship. So now you've got to be. Predictable, wasn't it, really? I was really taken with Russia as a Christian civilization. I was really smitten by the Russian church. I went to lots of churches, from backstreet chapels to the Cathedral of Christ the Saviour, which dominates the centre of Moscow. A cathedral demolished by the communists and then rebuilt as the symbol of newly restored Christian Russia charged with history and meaning. The highlight of the trip was a day trip north to the St. Sergius Trinity Monastery. And what made these places so special was not so much the buildings themselves, which were amazing enough, but the singing and prayers of the Russian people. They just seemed so spiritual. For Russians, a cathedral is very much a place of worship rather than a tourist attraction. You go there to pray, not to take photos. And their chanting is so soulful, you feel drawn into their suffering as a nation, which they seem to want to hand over to God. So yes, I was very taken with the Russian Orthodox Church. And the sound of their worship followed me for a long time afterwards which is why this is one of the saddest episodes of Church Ahead, because I'm going to pick out the Russian Orthodox Church leadership as the worst thing this year in Christian Europe. On the 24th of February, 2022, the Russian army crossed its western border into neighbouring Ukraine. They have shelled Ukrainian cities to rubble, They've killed Ukrainian soldiers and civilians, creating millions of refugees. We've seen mass graves, war crimes and nuclear threats in Christian Europe. One Christian nation invading its Christian neighbour. Now we're used to blaming most of this on one man, the President, of Vladimir Putin. And I'm not a great fan of Putin, but he's not acting alone. The army don't seem very enthusiastic about this war, which has not gone well for them. So where does his enthusiastic support come from? Why the Russian Orthodox Church? Putin has the public and enthusiastic support of the most senior Orthodox Church leader, Patriarch Kirill, the most senior cleric. His baptised name was Vladimir Mikhailovich But he takes the name Kirill, or Cyril as we would say, I'm not sure whether it's Cyril of Alexandria or Cyril of Jerusalem, as his consecrated church name which he took to himself whilst a theological student. I can understand how many Russians would prefer Ukraine to be part of their own country rather than independent, as it became not many decades ago. I understand Putin's vision for a union of all truly Russian people centred on Kiev, where his namesake Vladimir led the people into mass baptism in 988, a key moment in Russian church history. Rekindling this nice dream, yes, but you can't attack your neighbouring country to try and achieve it. Putin's vision of a greater Russia is genuinely spiritual, but it's also genuinely greedy, predatory and violent. The Church should be holding him back, not cheering him on. The Orthodox Church was a transnational family of churches, headquartered in Istanbul or Constantinople, as they would probably prefer to call it. And a few years ago, the Ukrainian part split off leading to a bus stop between Kirill and Constantinople. I can't help wondering if Kirill thinks he's teaching these Ukrainian Orthodox Christians a lesson. Rebel against my ecclesiastical jurisdiction and you'll get what you deserve soon enough. And don't forget we've got rather a large army. Who knows what's going on in his mind. To be fair to him, he has been clear and consistent in what he says about this conflict. He wasted no time in claiming God on their side. And what language do you think he uses for their opponents? Here's his latest. I quote, As a church, we must take part in our fatherland struggle against world evil, against the leprosy of this antichrist movement. Therefore, I call on everyone to pray for the unity of the historic Holy Rus and our Church, for victory over all opponents, external and internal. I have heard many churchmen say stupid things about politics, but these are the worst words I've ever heard. Rowan Williams, like me, is someone who instinctively admires Russian Christianity and feels personally let down, having made many connections with these people. I've heard him say in an interview that if he could ask Kirill one question, it would be, What do you think Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, is going to say to you on the Day of Judgment? when you as a shepherd in his church are supporting the slaughter of your own sheep who you claim pastoral responsibility for. Rowan is not given to dramatic words or grandstands. He was speaking in the context of the inevitable debate around whether the Russian Orthodox Church should be expelled from the World Council of Churches. I'm not even interested in that debate. I'm interested in what this says about Christian Europe. This is bad. It's really bad. The only thing I can think of that compares with this is the German church supporting Nazis in the Second World War. But there, the confessing church of Germany, who questioned the Nazis, were quite a force. I don't hear much opposition to Kirill and Putin inside Russia. So, Patriarch Kirill, I would like to give you today two things. As the bombs continue to fall on Ukraine and hundreds of thousands of poor young Russians are conscripted for cannon fodder, first of all, I would like to give you a piece of jewellery. I know it was your birthday last Monday. So please will you accept from Church of Head the gift of a $30,000 Swiss watch. Oh no, I've just been told by one of your deacons, you've already got one of those, but can't wear it in public since some cheeky journalist, probably homosexual, recognised the brand name in a close-up of your photo. So all that's left now is to present the award. I'll present the award to the patriarch now. Church Ahead has at least one listener in Russia, maybe it's him. So if you're listening to this, Patriarch Kirill, I would like to award you the Church Ahead 2022 Award for the Worst Church Leader in Europe. It was a strong feel with some really promising candidates. There are quite a few church leaders who embarrass us with their bad behaviour and stupidity. But you take the biscuit. You've encouraged violence and death, hunger and homelessness in in Ukraine, cold homes all across Europe, and you've ruined your own church. As someone who loves Russian Christianity, I personally feel very let down by you. Yes, I think there is something about the spirituality of Russia that gives this tragedy extra poignance. It's a bit like the fact that Hitler rose to power in one of the most culturally sophisticated countries in the world. I love German art and theology and music and so many German things, including German Christianity, which makes the Nazis even more offensive. And Russian spirituality, yes, it will survive this, but meanwhile it's going to take quite a beating. As the psalmist says, why do the nations rage in vain? I want to ask, why do the most glorious nations rage in vain? And there's another reason why I find this war so depressing. I knew Russian Christians were quite nationalistic, but I thought to myself, well, fine, After all they've been through under communism, let them enjoy a bit of national pride in rebuilding their country. What a good thing for a country to count its progress in opening new churches. There are worse things to boast about at a G20 meeting than that. I thought this was a good, healthy, sensible nationalism. So the darkness of it has taken me by surprise. Perhaps there's a crumb of comfort in being able to blame communism for distorting their national soul. Perhaps there's more than one explanation for all of this. But one thing we see is an undeniably bloodthirsty church pushing their soldiers into battle in the name of God. It's terrible. It's a throwback to the church colluding with Nazis. It's a throwback to medieval Europe where Christians thought they served God when they plunged the sword into each other. What I sense when I hear Russians pray is the soul of a people who've suffered. When I came back from Russia, I came away with a sense we should show more respect for these people, we should remember how much of the heavy lifting they did in the Second World War to bring Hitler down, far more than my own little country. Yes, this Christian country knows what it means to suffer so why do they want their neighbours to suffer they don't you say the ordinary Russian public are ambivalent about this war it's all Putin's fault so let's finish by considering Vladimir Putin maybe he's our Russian listener we've only got one so it could be Kirill or it could be Putin they're both Vladimir's I mentioned a piece of jewelry that Kirill wears let me tell you about Putin's jewelry he wears the silver cross given to him at his baptism as a child he goes to church he praises church he supports church he is a christian no he's not you say he's a dictator yes he is a dictator but he's a christian dictator adolf hitler was a baptized christian who used the church for his own ends but didn't really support the church or pretend to believe it. There's nothing cynical or transactional about Putin's use of the church. He is the real thing, a genuinely Christian dictator, and his delusion about reuniting all Russian Christians across national boundaries is a Christian delusion. Putin is a disgrace to Christianity, but Kirill is worse. Thank you for listening to episode 33. Please join me next week, where we're going to find the best thing in the church this year in Ashton underlined.